This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Very welcome to all our listeners, Suki, and it's wonderful to be uh, with uh, Danila today. And, um, you know, we've been speaking about the serenity prayer in the last couple of last month, and uh, this month we are continuing with the serenity prayer. And um, we are talking this month uh, about um, God uh, giving us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, courage to change the things we can. And this week uh, we are talking also to Daniil about living one day at a time and accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. And then also before that, enjoying one moment at a time. So, Daniela, thank you very much for joining us. And, uh, you know, we have uh, many unknowns during this time of the pandemic. And um, this is one of the ways that we are able to move through this very difficult time. And uh, just to tell our listeners that if they have missed something and they're not quite sure where uh, we are fitting into everything, they're very welcome to go to social media and catch us up on, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and then also on the Radio Pulpit, K-Pulpit uh, website, website and at kpulpit.co.za and look for the podcasts and look for Into Me See and uh, you can uh, get up to, up to scratch. Yes, we started the topic last week, and Frederick and I spoke about these lines of living one day at a time, living one moment at a time, and what does it mean in the time of the pandemic and all the unknowns that we have practically in our lives. And because in this program we focus on addiction and people struggling with addiction, we always love talking to people who have experienced uh, going a road of uh, or, or traveling a road of recovery and going through a restoration journey. And it's our privilege today to speak to Danila, like Frederick mentioned already. And she's going to tell us a little bit of her background just to kick off with. And then we're going to hear how she applies this part of the prayer into her life. Danila, tell us about your recovery story. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you very much, Frederick and Suki, for having me on the program this morning. It's such a privilege for me to be on here. Um, so a bit of my testimony. My name is Daniela Bierkman, and I am from Cape Town. And um, I think I had a, a pretty normal life up until a certain age. And it started, I think it started in high school, um, I started with the wrong crowds, looking for group acceptance, um, you know, smoking a little bit of weed and then drinking. And it kind of snowballed from then. I became very rebellious. Um, but I was still kind of able to maintain um, normal day-to-day -day things up until a certain age. And I'd also just like to mention that I did grow up um, in a Christian home, with, but I never had a relationship with the Lord. Mm. And then I was I was probably about um, 22 or 23 years old, and um, I tried heroin for the very first time, and my life changed instantly, 
and very dramatically um, and not for the better. So I've been I've struggled with a heroin addiction for the last 15 years in Cape Town um, because of my addiction and and the things that you do to get um, the money to um, enable it. Mm. Um, I, I very sadly um, I hurt a lot of people. Um, my family eventually um, had to put boundaries up with me um, because of things that I did, I was stealing from them. I was lying to them. And then I ended up living on the streets of Cape Town and I started standing at the robots um, to um, enable my addiction. And, and, and that was quite a rough, rough, rough journey. Mm, can um, imagine. Yeah, I ended, you know, three times um I ended up in Paulsmore Prison for possession as well. Mm-hmm. So my journey really took me on a path um, that not many people actually go get to go on. It, it was very heartbreaking. Um, I hurt my family tremendously, but there is a happy, happy ending to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, that I don't know if you need to know any other. Mm. Now, how did your how did your restoration journey start? Uh, Suki, okay, just so uh, just just before Daniela goes on to that, um, Daniela, can you recall some of the feelings and the circumstances that took you into starting to use uh, the substance? Because I think maybe some of our listeners are experiencing those same things. Um, sorry, before you continue. No problem. So. Um, as I said, I think I had a pretty normal child life, but um, very sadly, my father uh, well, himself, he, he was an addict as well. Mm, and mm. Um, that was very traumatizing for me to go through because I never really had a father figure in my life. Mm, and mm. when he was in our life, it wasn't the kind of father figure that a little girl should look at. Mm, so mm. I think I really grew up with a longing to be accepted by my dad. Mm. You know, something that I never ever received. And I think this kind of threw me into the wrong relationship, mm, 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 you know, mm, and, and that's how it started. I started looking for acceptance and mm. love in men. And unfortunately, the kind of um, example my dad set was the kind of example I went for, you mm, know. Mm, mm. I started looking for my father in other men. So I was right. choosing men that were uh, abusive, um, that were you know, the, the party animals. Because mm. to me, that was my normal. But mm. it is not normal. Yeah. Right. So that's how it started. And it was a feeling of emptiness for acceptance. And, um, yeah, that's how it was. Wow. Yeah, I think there's a lot more we can go into that, right? Mm. Um, yeah. And it's good because when people hear this, um, they are maybe there might be mothers struggling with their kids going in that direction for the same reason, right? Um, yes. And you said your parents um, had boundaries. That's You mentioned that. So what kind of boundaries help you to eventually come to the road, to uh, get to the road of recovery? Well, um, the boundaries that my parents had to set up, and this is in particular with, with heroin addicts, um, because of the withdrawal that comes with a drug, 
you basically will do anything to not get sick. Mm-hmm. So you start doing things that that's not really in your nature to do. You'll start stealing from your family. Um, you'll start lying to your family. And my family, as it was, they were already struggling. And um, they had to eventually kick me out of the house because I was not just a danger to myself, I was a danger to my family as well. So I ended up living on the streets, but they still tried, but they had to practice tough love with me. Exactly. And in all honesty, um, you know what? Nobody can help you until you want to help yourself. That's the Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And I had to really, I really had to hit rock bottom Mm -hmm. for me to realize that, you know, there's only three ways. It's either jail, institution, and I was going to die. And I was very close to it, actually. And that's been in jail. Yeah. That's a story of so many addicts that they had to get there. And you mentioned the tough love. Those parents, the parents had to kick you out because you would probably not get to rock bottom if you were still in their, in their home and they were still feeding you or helping you with what you needed. But please, Daniela, tell us quickly about the recovery part. How did that happen? Okay. So, um, when I was on the streets and, um, I, a couple of years ago, I was I was introduced to Fricky Hefer at Hope Again Recovery Center and um I've been clean for three years and I sadly I relapsed. But in the three years that I've been clean I built a, a, a relationship and friendship with Fricky and um he heard that I actually relapsed and I was in Cape Town and he actually sent for people to um, find me, put me on a bus and send me here to Hope Again. And um, it's been an extremely, extremely tough journey. But you know what? I've, it's an amazing feeling to actually feel like I'm free. You know, mm. and, and only Jesus did that for me. Mm. Mm. So your recovery journey literally started at an institution, a place where you could really get into that. Yes, 100%. And I mean, um, you know, I, I went through the program here at Hope Again Recovery Center and I had to realize that, you know, I had to completely surrender my life mm. and my will over to that of Jesus Christ because I tried every other avenue, every other secular avenue to mm. try and stay sober, but it just didn't work. And Amen. I was never, I never had that peace. Mm. You know? And mm. now I've got that peace. So I've, I've been through the program at Hope Again Recovery Center. And then um, at the end of my program, I decided, you know what? I want to stay on and I want to give back. Mm. And now I'm working at Hope Again Recovery wow. Center. Wow. Yeah, so it's been a journey and it's and it's been a good one. Okay, Danila, after the break, we can talk more. You've got so much to tell us. And then you're going to tell us about the serenity prayer because you already mentioned some of the steps. So we're looking forward yes. to hear the rest of your story. Awesome. Sure. Thank you very, very much, Danila. Um, yeah, it's very interesting for me. You already mentioned the parts of what we are talking about today, and that is the middle portion of the serenity prayer, uh, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, 
and accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. When did you come in contact with uh, with these with this the part the of the Serenity Prayer? prayer? Um, well, I've always known about the Serenity Prayer. Anybody that um, has been in addiction and has walked the journey in addiction, everybody knows about the Serenity Prayer. But it's one thing to know about the Serenity Prayer and to or to actually go through it and then actually understand what it means. For sure. And so when so, did when did that difference come for you? Okay, so the difference came for me, I think, when I was a couple of months um, in the program here at Hope Again Recovery Center. I think when you come out of a lifestyle of addiction, there's so much chaos, um, there's so much trauma, and there's so much that you want to fix. But when you, you know, when you understand enjoying one moment at a time and just enjoying God and, and, and what he's doing in our lives, we can't rush the process because it is a process. It's, it's literally one day at a time. And then accepting the hardships as a pathway to peace. I, I have really, really um, found a lot of peace in that. And the hardships for me is, is building character because, um, you know, when you are challenged with something, it, it's tremendously um, liberating to know that we can build on the character. So, and that brings peace because we're able to confront situations that we weren't able to confront before. And we can successfully do it now. Mm. Ferika and I were talking last week uh, in the previous program when we spoke about this, how easy it is not to live our lives in the present for today. And I'm, re- I'm remembering, you might have come across this one. There's a little pamphlet for Alcoholic Anonymous that say, just for today, I yes. will. Have you ever come across that one? Yes, and sometimes it's not even just for today. Sometimes it's got to be just for the next five minutes, and Mm. that's okay. Mm. You know, even if it's just let me get through this next five minutes and build on that, it's okay. And Mm. and you know what? You you just seem to, to really look forward to the days because, like you said, we live in a society of, you know, social media and everything so fast and Sometimes we need to just stop, breathe, and just fall today. Mm, mm. Mm. So how do you practically do this, Danila? How do I practically yes. do it? <laughs> so, you know, I practic- you know, the first thing that I, I, that I say that I have to do is just for today, and that is my morning devotions with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, that for me is extremely important. And it doesn't have, and it's not only in the mornings as well. So when I feel like I'm really um, confronted with um, a situation or a challenge, you know, it's so comforting for me to know that no matter what I go through, the Holy Spirit is always there. He's always there to comfort us and to guide us. And sometimes we don't get the answers immediately, Mm. you know, Mm. but he does give us the peace to get through today. Mm. So, and you know, and it builds on character. And then you're able to look back like after a period of sobriety and you're just for today's turn into weeks and they turn into months. Mm. And they turn into years, and that is so rewarding just for today. Mm. 
Daniela, uh, you know, there are two things that, um, that, have, that come to mind as you were sharing. The first thing is that it is uh, not today I am this way or not that way and tomorrow I am. Um, yeah. Firstly, that there is a process and yeah. that process requires awareness and yeah. intentionality. How have you exactly. been experienced? What was your journey like with regards to that? With just um, for today. With awareness and intentionality, you know. Um, the thing is, like I said, when you come out of a, a lifestyle of addiction, we've got character qualities um, that, you know, we need to fix and that God needs to show us. And, and he makes us aware of these things. So sometimes when I want to react a certain way, you know, I just have to stop mm. and I have to breathe mm. and I have to actually ask myself and become more alert and aware in the situation um, because a lot of the times it's not what we say, it's how we say it mm. or how we do it because for every um, action, there's a reaction. So it's always going to come back to me. And sometimes I don't even need to give a reaction to many of the things going on around me. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so it's also about react and not respond and not react. Hey? Yes, so, sorry. Responding and not reacting. Yes. It's to stop and think and and stop maybe what we would have our, our automatic response and think before yeah. we would do the one that maybe the would be the flawed response mm. and yeah, and then respond in a kind way not just react on what people said and maybe in a in one of your the ways that you would have done in your addiction um, a time of addiction act of addiction it makes me think of, it makes me think of the pause button you know when something is playing our lives are just playing off the way it usually does our default hmm. we just need to press the pause button for just to collect our thoughts and and, hmm. and, and go forward Daniela, yeah. I want to know how do you do self care? I know self care is a very big part of of um, recovery, and sometimes people frown, especially Christians, because we say we shouldn't be selfish. Uh, what do you yes. think about self care and the importance of self care? I think self care is extremely important. Um, I'm so blessed because I have um, a restored marriage now. Mm. Uh, my little girl is back with me. Mm. So, you know, and I'm working. And, and sometimes when you're in recovery, it can become overwhelming. Um, so my family knows that sometimes I just need a little bit of me time. Mm. Um, I'll take a little bit of time out. And I'll just have to reflect on, on, on how I'm feeling, what I'm going through. Journaling is also um, extremely, extremely helpful because mm. sometimes we have hidden emotions. Um, prayer time is also, and you know, reading the word as well. Mm. 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 So self-care is, is very, very important. It's just becoming more um, aware of where you're at and and where you are at in your journey, because sometimes life can become very overwhelming. And, um, yeah. Mm. yeah I, th I love that about becoming aware of our emotions, because if we're not aware of our emotions, we cannot regulate them. We cannot give them the attention that they are mm. crying for. Yeah. And uh, David... Uh, King David is a prime example of being aware of his emotions 
and not just getting stuck in them, but living them and then taking them to the Lord, Mm -hmm. taking them to people that he trusted and that we trusted. In my journey, I had to become aware of my feelings and my emotions and share those with people that I trust and share them with the Lord. Mm. And then part of that often, it's, it's very draining to have all these emotions and to work through them, to be able to take time out and to figure what's good for you. What's good for you might not be good for me, hey. So I love nature. I love walking in nature. To just take that time out once a week to go and walk in the botanical gardens in Stellenbosch, that's one of my favorite things to do. Oh, wow. And to breathe deeply and to just to enjoy the plants and to maybe have a coffee milkshake if I'm able to. That's my me time. Mm. And for us to figure out and to take a long bath, maybe for different people, it would look differently. Mm. But it's very. I actually do that. I actually do that every day when I get home. You do that. That's also part of my de stress. And I'll just sit in the bath and, you know, and then you just reflect on the day. Mm. I like to use the example of the Coke bottle with the cap on. If you shake it enough times, it's going to explode without opening it. Great. Sometimes we need to just, you know, de stress find out where our thoughts are and yeah it's part of that helping us to connect with jesus in it right yeah but our time has run out danila it's been wonderful talking to you and get excited with you about the recovery journey and how your life changed and listeners remember to tune in again next time every tuesday night at 6 30 and Please send us your questions, your comments to Frederick Suki, Frederick without a C, Frederick Suki, one word, at kpulpa.co.za. And remember to look us up on social media, Facebook, and to download podcasts and to tell your friends about it. Till next time. Thanks, Danila. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.